everybody. Uh, this is uh, Jason, and I am actually coming to you on Monday afternoon uh, from my home office, which means that I have uh, at my feet right now a 70-pound golden retriever and a 75-pound uh, yellow lab, as well as all four children in the other room. So uh, excuse the noises that may be in the background or that may creep up, or I may just have to pause this thing and pick it back up. Who knows? But we had uh, some streaming issues yesterday with one of our streaming services that we use, and that's usually what we pull the podcast from. So today I am uh, re-recording it here from the house. Um, so we started a brand new sermon series called Spiritual Habits, and uh, the goal for this series is really to create a longing in you that would lead you, prayerfully lead you to take intentional steps to cultivate spiritual habits in your life, uh, that those steps would then lead you to spiritual intimacy with Christ. And, and really, you know, the idea behind this whole thing is no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter how uh, long you've been following Jesus, no matter how uh, much of a short of a time you've been following Jesus, the prayer is, the hope is, is that over the next four weeks as we journey through these spiritual habits, you're going to be encouraged uh, to take these steps in order to be able to cultivate or recultivate some habits in your life. Uh, I read a book a couple of years ago called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and it's a fascinating book. I would encourage you to read it sometime. But he had this quote in that book, and I want to just uh, relay this quote to you. It says this, All big things come from small beginnings. The seed of every habit is a single tiny decision. But as that decision is repeated, a habit sprouts and grows stronger. Roots entrench themselves and branches grow. The task of breaking a bad habit is like uprooting a powerful oak within us. And the task of building a good habit is like cultivating a delicate flower one day at a time. And so my hope over the next four weeks is that um, we will uh, be cultivating together habits in our life uh, habits that, you know, at the end of the journey of this habit, when we when we feel really good about this, this doesn't just result in a, uh, you know, a lower handicap uh, on our golf game or a faster mile time or an ideal weight or clothes size that we feel like, man, if I just had that, life would be right. Um, th- at the end of this journey, it's not, you know, the right position or the title by our name or a certain amount of money in the bank that we get to retire on. But at the end of our story, by, by cultivating these habits in our life, uh, when, we, when we go through life and we have these habits ingrained in us, the, the hope is what awaits ahead of us is the words of Jesus, well done. You know, this series, what's cool about this series is we've been able to, uh, we're aligning all of our, our preschool, elementary, and student ministry all together in this. And uh, we watched uh, Sunday in the service, the video for our kids ministry so that they could kind of see what was happening in this series and kind of hear this uh, Bible story as well. But what really where our text comes from today is from the story of Mary and Martha. And many of you may know that story. Martha was busy. Mary was at the feet of Jesus listening to him here hearing his words, learning from the Messiah. And today I'm going to really focus on one sentence that we get in the text from Jesus. 
It's long been said that every day we make choices and then those choices make us. And Jesus clearly shows us that some 2,000 years ago. And so here's the story. Here's the text for the day. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 38 through 42. And I want to read it, kind of talk us through this so we understand it. And then uh, we're going to jump into a little bit more of the content uh, in just a minute. And so uh, this is Luke 10. While they were traveling, uh, that's Jesus and his disciples. You know, his, his, his notoriety is growing. His fame is growing. Um, my child is running upstairs right now. You may hear that. Um, but, but he, you know, his, his fame is growing. Everywhere he's going is healing people. He's making religious leaders uncomfortable. And they come to this village. And, and, and we learn uh, from John 11 when Jesus goes to uh, raise Lazarus from the dead uh, that Mary and Martha and Lazarus are from a village called Bethany. And so we, we learn that. So more than likely, this is where Jesus is at. He enters this village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, again, just, just imagine with me, think this through for just a minute. Here is the biggest name in your area, in your community, in your region. And he has just knocked on the door and he's coming to your house. I mean, put yourself in Martha's shoes for just a minute. You know, if you know the story, a lot of times, you know, Martha kind of gets a bad rap for being busy and, and being preoccupied with everything. But I mean, to be honest, this is what we would all be doing. Jesus is a, for all practical purposes, Jesus is a celebrity right now. And, and he shows up. And Martha's going, I got to get this place ready. I got to make sure everything is perfect. I mean, this just isn't, isn't about having the baseboards clean and the cobwebs out of the corner. This is everything has to be perfect. That's Martha. That's what we see right here in the story. Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. Again, Jesus is in her house. Why would she not be distracted by her many tasks? And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now, we can begin to sort of put the storyline of Martha together and realize that, you know, she's a spitfire. She's the one back in John 11 when, you know, Jesus finally got to the village after Lazarus had been in the grave for four days, in that tomb for four days. She's the one that went out and met him and said, Lord, if you had only been here. I mean, she is, she's on fire. She's not afraid to speak her mind. And here she says, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to serve alone. So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her. And I love this picture of Jesus. I love how Luke gives us this insight into the posture of Jesus. You know, I just imagine, you know, in this moment, maybe maybe Jesus sort of pauses his teaching. You know, maybe he's been teaching, you know, Sermon on the Mount, or maybe he's kind of been re, you know, because because Jesus, you know, taught his his message. It wasn't like he preached it one time. He 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 taught this message of the kingdom of God and and the Messiah is coming and he's bringing salvation and 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 this is the ethics of the kingdom. He taught that wherever he went, and so so you know maybe he paused, you know, teaching about loving your enemies. Maybe he paused talking about you know caring for the poor, you know, who knows what it was that Jesus was teaching, but, but I just imagine, you know, in that room, maybe he paused and he stood up. It's almost like he said, Hey, excuse me, everybody. And he stood up and he walks into the other room. And I just imagine him putting his arm around Martha and saying, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. 
I mean, is there not a more applicable verse for 2020 in our lives as humans walking this earth than that verse? Jason, Jason, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. And I love he contrasts this, and this is our verse that we're really going to hone in on today. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary made this choice to spend time with God. And that's our first spiritual habit that we're looking at here is this. I can spend time with God. I mean, just think about that for just a minute. You and I, every day of our life, wherever we go, wherever life takes us, we can spend time with God. The challenge, though, is that is that is this, is that every day we will choose how we spend our time. It could be hobbies, it could be social media, it could be the extra time we put in at work, it could be the extra time we put in the gym, it could be the three episodes that we're binge watching tonight of our favorite show that trying to catch up or get ahead. It's the extra time that we spend in the yard to ensure that the homeowner association president is going to notice our hard work and make us yard of the month one more time. While many of us choose good things, the question we've got to wrestle with is this, are we choosing the greatest thing? You know, many of our days may not be spent choosing bad things, but are we choosing the best thing? Are we choosing what brings us life? And are we choosing what brings us joy? Are we choosing what will ultimately sustain us through a world gone mad and our darkest days And are we choosing, as what Jesus said here to Martha about Mary and the choice that Mary was making and contrasting that with the choice that Martha was making, are we choosing what cannot be taken away? You know, in my life, I kind of have a confession to make right here on the podcast to you. uh, I have a confession to make. I choose comfort over almost everything else in life. I want life to be as easy and simple and, you know, in some ways sort of unpredictably predictable as possible. I want people to like me, which means a lot of times I can steer clear of having hard conversations. And then when I do have to have hard conversations, a lot of times they don't go as well because I'm trying to have a hard conversation and ensure that the person still likes me through the hard conversation. I mean, this happens. This is is just a thing in me. I want life to be easy. It's the way that I even choose my food. I I want comfort food in my life. But a a life of comfort is not very transformational. And the thing I want for you and the thing I want for me and and all of our lives is we're following Jesus and we're following Jesus in this really chaotic time and in this really chaotic world that we live in right now is I want for you and for me us to have the boldness and and the courage for our life to model the life of Mary for our life to mirror the life of this woman in this moment who chose to go against the cultural norm and to sit at the feet of Jesus and not do what was really the culturally right thing in the moment, but to say, no, 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 no. I am making a choice. I am sitting at the feet of my Savior. I want to know that Jesus would see my life, see the way that I spend my time and say, you You have made the right choice. So maybe stop what you're doing unless you're driving. 
Don't stop that. But, but maybe imagine if you're driving right now, stop what you're doing. Uh, but, but stop what you're doing for just a moment. And I want you to think about this for a minute. I want you to process this question. Maybe you need to process it out loud. I'm not for sure. Maybe you pause the podcast after I ask the question and you come back to it in just a minute. But, but I want you to wrestle with this question. Think about this question. Uh, really challenge yourself with this question because I had to, and I'll be honest, I didn't like the answer that I came up with. Here's the question. If I evaluate the way that I spent my time this last week, would Jesus say to me, you have made the right choice? Yeah, that sound that you heard, that sound was the collective groan that just, you know, came out of all of us when we wrestled through that question. The answer is, for me, is probably not. You know, I've been like Martha. I've been worried. I've been concerned. I've been preoccupied with too many other things, too many other tasks in my life. And I have not chosen the thing that would not be taken away. I've not chosen the best thing. I've not chosen the greatest thing. And that is, more often than not, I've not chosen to spend time with God. You see, a lot of times for me, the reason why I might choose not to spend time with God, I'll just be honest with you, is because it feels like duty. But what always comes from that duty, from that like, okay, I have to do this. I have to get up. I have to read my Bible. I have to pay attention. I have to sit. I have to ponder this. I have to wrestle through this. I've got to pull out a book and research, whatever it may be. What always comes out of that is always delight. It's always worth it to spend time with God. You know, and thankfully in, the, in, in my failure, in, in my busyness, in my being preoccupied and worried with too many other things, Thankfully, Jesus never condemns me in that. Jesus meets me in my busyness. He meets me in the chaos that orbits my life and so many times says, you are worried and upset about too many things. And there is always the invitation from Jesus to start new. There's always the invitation of Jesus to start fresh, to pause and to ponder the wonders and the mystery and the joy of Jesus. What does it mean to choose to sit at the feet of Jesus, to choose to spend time with God, to cultivate and to create a habit in our life of spending time with God? What does it mean to do that? To sit at the feet of Jesus implies readiness to accept and obey what Jesus teaches. To sit at the feet of Jesus implies a submission to Jesus that says, I'm submitting myself, I am posturing myself towards you, Jesus, and I'm ready to obey and accept what it is that you have for me to do in my life. To sit at the feet of Jesus would obviously imply, hey, Jesus, I know who you are. I have faith in who you are. I'm putting my faith in who you are. And to sit at the feet of Jesus implies a life of discipleship. That's what it is. Discipleship is becoming like. That is the whole point of following Jesus is as we follow Jesus, we begin to walk like Jesus. We begin to, we begin to act like how Jesus acted and treat others the way that Jesus would want us to be treated, uh, the way that Jesus would want us to treat others. We, we begin to have this intimacy with the Father that Jesus had. That's what Jesus said, come and follow. Follow me to his disciples. He's essentially saying, come and be like me. That is what discipleship is, is becoming like. I love what the Apostle Paul said 
I love how he summed this up in Philippians chapter 3, verses uh, 7 through 11. If you've got scripture, you can turn there with me, but I'm going to read it. I love this passage of scripture. This is, uh, this is Paul writing, and he says this, and I would encourage you to go back and read the whole context. I tell you what, you know what? This is on a podcast. I didn't read it all on Sunday, but I'm going to read it all right now for us, just so we have this uh, in our minds, we understand this context. Here, here, is, here is chapter 3, starting in verse 1 of Philippians. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you and again uh, uh, about this is no trouble for me, and it is a safeguard to you. Watch out for the dogs, watch out for the evil workers, watch out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and I love this, and do not put confidence in the flesh. And then Paul goes on to say, here's why I can do this. Listen, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh for what I can do on my own to get to God, that's essentially what he's saying here, I have more. And then listen to his credentials. He's about to you know, sort of play the, uh, the ace in the hole here and say, these are my credentials. Listen to this. Circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel to the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. He had it all. And then verse seven comes in. He says this, but everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be loss because of Christ. And Sunday, I made the point here. He's not saying, don't don't miss this. He's not saying for Christ. He's not saying I've considered all this to be a loss for Christ. He's saying because of Christ, all of this stuff is a loss. Listen to what he goes on and say. More than that, I consider everything to be a loss in view, and here it is, of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. And then here he he comes back to this idea again. Listen to what he says here. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. So that's what Paul's saying. It's all a loss because of Christ. And he's saying, I want to know him. So you say, you're sitting at your home, you're, maybe you're out riding your lawnmower. That's when I love to listen to podcasts. I'm, I'm out riding my lawnmower, mowing the yard, doing yard work, whatever it is. Uh, maybe you're driving to work, coming home from work. Maybe you're on lunch break. I don't know. But, but you sit there and you're hearing this and you're like, okay, what? are the things that I need to do. I mean, in a way, I've just sort of said, hey, you need to get healthy. And maybe you're sitting here, you know, saying, okay, you know, I need to go to the personal trainer and the personal trainer needs to give me the exercises so that I can be healthy. You've told me I need to spend time with God and this habit's going to change my life. What do I need to do in order to be able to do that? Well, the list is long. Sitting right behind my bookshelf here in my office is a book called uh, uh, The Celebration of Discipline. And the, the list of disciplines, spiritual disciplines in that book, it's very long. Uh, but I'm not going to run through an exhaustive list. I just want to give you two. Uh, 
And those two are probably uh, no surprise to you if you've been listening to me teach for any length of time. Uh, But the two are this, uh, prayer and a consistent engagement with Scripture. Prayer and consistent engagement with Scripture. And I've changed my language a little bit. Uh, I've usually just sort of said, you know, read your Bible. Prayer and reading your Bible. But, but I want to change my language a little bit on that is because sometimes I think when I say read the Bible, people are just like, man, this thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's thousands of pages. I don't know where to begin. It was written in a different context, in a different culture. Uh, I don't understand it when I open it up, so I'm just going to give up. And, and, and so I think hopefully the idea of engaging with Scripture changes the narrative a little bit, and it makes us go, oh, Okay, I'm just I'm supposed to engage with this. So maybe it means today I read a verse. Maybe it means today I read a chapter. Maybe it means for the next month I just linger in a chapter of the Bible, but you're engaging with scripture. And when you engage with scripture, here's what's going to happen. Scripture is going to engage with you. When you engage with scripture, scripture is going to engage with you. So I want to encourage you to do this, uh, to take this step. We created a, a page on our website called Grace. It's If you go to gracehill901.com slash spiritual habits, I'll tell you that again, gracehill901.com slash spiritual habits. One more time, just so you don't miss it. If you're trying to pause and write it down or, or go to the website, gracehill901.com slash spiritual habits habits. Each week, we are going to be adding new resources uh, to this page in order just to try to help you take steps um, uh, to grow in your faith. I have a child who's trying to make a dog howl right now. Let's see if this stops before we continue on. I think we're okay. Here we go. Uh, Each week, we're going to add more resources to this page. This is going to be sort of a habit hub, if you want to call it that, uh, that are just some practical things. Some some of the things we're just going to invite you into over these next few weeks to cultivate these habits in our life. And so if you go there today, uh, you're going to see a couple of book recommendations. There's a few right now media videos that you can uh, engage with and watch about reading the Bible, prayer, whatever it may be, as well as a 27-day reading plan that you can start anytime. It's through the book of James. It's like tweetable scripture. That's what the book of James, if it was titled in 2020, that's what it could be called is tweetable scripture. Um, And and it's it's, it's easy to read through, but it's so convicting. It's a 27-day reading plan through the book of James with a couple of devotional questions each day, just a small section of scripture to read through. James is only, I think it's five chapters. And so uh, it, it won't take you much time during the day, but you'll engage with scripture And scripture is going to engage with you as we go through that because the reality is this, is we make our habits and then our habits make us. Every day we make habits in our lives and then those habits make us. So what are your current spiritual habits making or cultivating in your life? Are you choosing the right thing as Jesus is pointing out to Martha in our text for today that Mary chose the right thing? She made the right choice. Are you making the right choice? Are your choices, your habits that you're cultivating in your life, are they producing the fruit of the Spirit? And notice Paul, when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it is not plural. It is not fruits. It's not like going to the market and picking which fruits we like and leaving the others behind. No, this is fruit. This is growing in our life. Paul talks about it. He says that, that this should, what should cultivate, what should come from our life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. 
The invitation of the grace, the invitation from the grace of Jesus is to begin cultivating a spiritual habit, a new spiritual habit in your life today. The promise of following Jesus is not only a way of life, but is a way to life. I wholeheartedly believe that a daily habit of seeking intimacy with God, of spending time with God, has the power to transform your life and how is the power to transform others in your life as they see that transformation in you. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. Next week, we jump into another spiritual habit. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I am going to tell you this. You do not want to miss it. Uh, My wife, Kelly, is teaching. It is going to be an amazing message. She's been talking to me uh, about it, and I am so excited for you to hear it. And so make sure, whether it's the live stream or the podcast next week, you're tuning in Sunday morning, 1015, Facebook, YouTube, as well as uh, in person. Love you. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We really hope you found this message compelling and inviting. If you'd like to connect with someone to find out more about Grace Hill Church, or maybe discuss this episode or something else about life or faith, please don't hesitate to reach out to us directly at gracehill901.com. We'd really love to connect and discuss anything with you. And please remember, you matter. You matter.